Amen. All right. So, um, Revelation chapter 3 is where we'll be today. Um, and this is not going to be a typical sermon, I guess you could say. Um, when I was announcing of the land and everything, um, God's kind of laid on my heart to, show, to, to talk about where we're headed and what the type of people God's called us to be. Because if you don't remember, but this, this day, three years ago, is when we had our first service. And so three years into um, preaching and us, and us going, it's easy to lose sight of where we're going. Amen? It's easy to lose sight of, of, of where the destination is. It's easy for us to get caught up on where we are and what's going on. And so as I prayed and asked God to show me, he led me to, to this text and about this church. So Revelation chapter 3, verse 7. It says, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia is right. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who hold the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut, and what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. Amen. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word, and you have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not, but are liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to, and in, to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of tribulation, hour of trial, that is to come on the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. I will come soon, so hold to what I have. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name. of God the new Jerusalem which is coming down out of heaven from my God and I will also write on them my new name whoever has ears let him hear what the spirit says to the churches you know and as we read if you read through Revelation if you read through the book especially through chapters 2 and 3 we look at it and I think we get caught up on thinking about hey this is this. he's talking to churches right he's talking to a church and we start putting we start reading it, we're like, well, that, that's this church, and well, that's, that's that church. And, but don't you understand, the church is made up of people, right? And each, each thing that Christ has against each church is, it, church is characteristics, right? One church, he says, hey, I, I have this against you, that you're lukewarm. People can be lukewarm, right? Half in, half out. He says, I have this against you, that you've, you've lost your first love, Right? So people can, can start loving Jesus and then because of the lures of the world, not love him and walk away from him. So God, this, this, all these attributes are like, this is how we can be. As I read these things, it's like we hear the characteristics of people in the church and then how God judges them. Y'all with me? And so as I read that, God immediately brought me to this because I want you to understand, I believe that God has, had, has a door open for the church. Not, we're not the special church, okay? 
We don't have special favor, but God's got this open door, and I feel like that, that the door's open, and it's up to us to walk in it. It's up to us to take and seize the opportunities that God has put in front of us and say, God, I want to be the people you called us to be. And I'm going to walk through that door. So what I love about this church is that, is that I want you to understand that he says, look, even though you have little strength, you remain faithful. Right? He, he don't, he, sometimes we, we think that as long as the church is like, man, if the church had a thousand people, man, we'd be doing it. But if it was a thousand fake people, we're not doing anything. He wants us to be faithful people that are pursuing him. And even if there's a little in number, it doesn't matter if we're faithful followers of Jesus. I would rather have a hundred sold out followers of Christ than 10,000 fake Sunday morning attendees. Amen? Don't do nothing. And so I just love this. As I read this, it's like God was really speaking this to my heart. That we have to choose to remain faithful even though sometimes things get hard. We have to choose to, to remain faithful no matter if it's ha- things are happening as fast as I want them to happen. Can I get an amen? Anybody been discouraged because things ain't happened the fast you want them to happen? Huh? I don't know how many times I've complained to God on some of, because some of y'all ain't growing like you ought to. And God said, Jeremy, you need to just be faithful. Go, just be faithful. Keep praying for them. They'll get it eventually. You know, and it's just... It's just one of those things I think we don't understand what faithfulness is because we live in this generation where it's got to happen now. Microwave. 30 seconds, it's out. And our whole lives are run by that. And so whenever things we pray for or actions doesn't happen with God like we think it should happen, then we want to give up and quit. And God's called us to be a faithful people. We might not see drastic change in our communities in our lifetime, but God's called us to be faithful. God calls to be people who are investing in our children so that we might not be able to see it, but at least they can. And that don't happen unless we are intentionally investing in our people, in our children, and in our community. And so I think that I want you to understand, church, how honestly beyond a shadow of doubt, I feel like God has opened a door for us to be what he's called, us, what he's called his church to look like. The, the, the church that, that we yearn to be a part of. God's got this open door. It's easy for us to look at everybody else and say, well, they're doing that wrong, and they're doing this wrong, and, oh, I ain't ain't going to that church because of how they act. But we have an open door not to be that. And often what we do is we end up being exactly what we don't want to be because we don't step into the opportunity that God's placed in front of us. And the only way to change what has happened in the past is to step in a new direction now. Amen? And so and a lot of us, we have to realize that God, man, think about this opportunity. God has an open door in front of every one of us in this room to be his hands and feet in the communities we live. Like, he trusts you. Some of you are like, well, he shouldn't trust me. I feel that way too some days. But he trusts you enough to say, look, I've given you this open door. I know some days you don't have much strength. I know some days you doubt your influence. I know some days you don't think that this is even going to work, but I've given this open door. And the thing about a door, if it's open, the only way to know what's on the other side, you got to step through it. And so many of us are praying, God, I want to be a part of a move of God. Lord, I want to, I want to see your goodness. And the door's open, but we won't walk through it. Because we want it to come to us instead of us go to them. I think I want, to, I want us to understand as I begin to pray, like the opportunity God's given us is so incredible, man. It, it makes this book, church. 
it brings this book to life if we walk through that door. We can be people of extreme obedience. We can be people that experience things that God allowed his great saints to experience if we would just walk through the opportunities he put in front of us. Instead of us sitting back and saying, God, I want you to bless me here. He's saying, I got plans for you over there, but you got to walk through this door to get to it. Amen. He didn't bless Abraham where he was. He told Abraham, I got plans for you. Now follow me. See, some days we're going to have to walk through the desert. Some days we've got to walk through the wilderness. Sometimes we're going to be going in a direction that we have no idea, but God's saying, if you trust me and if you're faithful to follow me, I will show you great things. And I think that's what he wants us to understand. We gripe and we complain because things will happen on our time, but we've got to realize God's plan is greater. And through the trial, sometimes through the wilderness, he's trying to knock off rough edges in your life. He's trying to knock off things that you wouldn't allow him to take away in comfort. That's why we got to strive to be people that I'm, I'm okay with not being comfortable. Because when I'm not comfortable, then God's taking stuff off of me. God's taking things away from me that, not, that, that, will, glorify, that not will glorify him, right? That's what it's for. That's what his plan is, for us to, to be representations of Jesus. Amen? The more I follow him, the more that I, I look, I'm going to go in the desert if you want me to go in the desert, God. Lord, I'm going to give this amount of money, even though... It's going, it's going, it might try me, but I'm going, I'm going to do it because you said do it. You know, I, it's, it's, it's allowing God to stretch you so that you grow closer to him. And we're, we're, in, we're, in, the, we're in the south, and, and it's a sad thing, but you know what? The statistics of planting a church in south Georgia has a double rate of failure than any other place because we grow up in religion. We grew up, and that ain't how you do things. We've grown up in all these things, and it's like to have a church that's really focused on what God wants and not on programs, the statistic is it's, 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 it's opportunity for failure is greater. And the guy that told me that statistic, he told me that right in the middle of the, the, the worst season of discouragement I was ever in. Satan knows how to mess with you, don't he? And I'm like, I come home, and I'm getting on my knees, and I'm like, oh, God, I'm going to fail. Oh, God, we, we, we've done this for nothing. And God's, God's constantly reminding me, look, we've put this on your heart. I've placed this on your heart. God, I, if you just remain faithful, this is going to happen. But I want you to understand something. This thing have, this don't have one thing to do with me. It's we. We the church, amen? We the church. And if we don't grab a hold of this, it don't matter what God tells me. Because God's got to use me to talk to you guys, but also you got to want more of God so that you can go and hear from him and be his hands and feet as well. Amen? And so I want you to understand that. So what open doors? I want you to understand as, 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 we, as I lay these things out, God's kind of laid four things on my heart that I know that he's called us to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. And the first thing is he's called us to be people that are gospel-driven. Gospel, not program-driven. That's why I refuse to have programs. As I read this Bible, it don't say anything about programs. And I want to do it the way God says do it. Some of you are like, well, come on, Pastor. I mean, we're in the 21st century. I mean, come on. we got to do things different. I just want to stick to what God says do. Now, if God says, Jeremy, I want you to start. I want you to do this. Okay, we'll do it. But I'm not going to do it because everybody else does it, and that's a fad. Amen? And so I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt, God's told us to be a church that does church simple. Because it's simple. 
to follow Jesus. That's why we only have one service. Because, I, because if, we only have, if we have all these other services, what you're doing is you're dependent on the church for you to have an encounter with God, and you're not seeking after him yourself. See, one service makes it, it, it's for all of us to be, I mean, we're plugged in, we're following Christ, and we come in on Sunday morning, and we're, we're just worshiping God together. It, it crushes the idea of, I got to go get fed. No, you've been fed all week with God. And then you come in here, and you're experiencing God, you're experiencing the, the, the fellowship with other believers, and we get to experience the Spirit in ways we haven't experienced Him any other way because there's something about people that are like-minded and are really focusing on God. What does God's Word say? Where two or three more gather, there I will be also. Amen? We, we yearn for healings. We yearn to see miraculous moves of God. We will see that if you and you and you and you and you and you and you, and you pursue Him every day. And when you come together... God does just amazing things. The reason we don't see God do that is because we, 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 we've grown up in a generation of people where Sunday morning is where I need to be. I ain't talked to God all week, and this man talking better give me something to encourage me. That's how we are. And when he and the preaching ain't good, then you go find another church. And, and, it's, and, it's, the, and it's crazy. It's the pressure for a pastor to perform instead of lead. And, and if we're not careful, we turn into that. And God's called us to be people that, that are, that are we're, we're focused on God. I want you guys not to just come to church and this be the only thing you do. I want your lifestyle to be a lifestyle of ministry. Because God's called you, all of you, into the ministry if you're following Jesus. And so for all of us to be vessels of change around this community. And that's the reason we do That's why you do small groups. Like we, we, we have connect groups. In reality, that's, that's house church. We do that so that, so that we can have tight group, tight community, right? These relationships. We desire for you to grow, right? I desire for you to grow from being a, a man that just got saved on Sunday and you sit on a church pew and that's all you know about salvation. I desire, and I know it's God's word, equal, it, it backs that up. It's for you to grow from being a spiritual child to someone who can disciple other people. That, that can be, that can be man, a man or a woman that can lead other people to Christ, closer to Christ, and into who God's called us to be. That's what God's called us to do, church. But when you start saying things like that, people are like, I don't know if I can do that. Hold up now. I mean, you mean to tell me I got to do something? I'm not telling you you have to. If you seek after God, he'll lead you to. And the reason so many of us don't want to make disciples is because we haven't allowed God to lead us that deep into his presence. And we're so shallow in his presence that we, 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 we just do what we think feels right instead of pursuing him. So for us to be gospel-centered, I think we have to desire to be in, in small group. I think the door, guys, the, the door is open for us to be a disciple-making factory. The, the thing is, what I want you to understand is that the church, this church will not grow on me being a dynamic speaker. It won't. It'll grow only for so long, but then some people I'm not going to reach. Some people, some people, it, it's all on my shoulders. It's not right. But see, when we all take responsibility and we all are going to be discipling, if all of us in this room started discipling one person this year, we would double in a year. And then if that person did the same thing, we would double. We would double. So you think thinking going from 100 to 200, 200 to 400. And in five years, what could it look like? Because we all took the responsibility of our salvation and said, I'm going to do what God's called me to do. 
I'm going to be a gospel-centered man. I'm going to be a gospel-centered woman. I'm going to follow Jesus. That's who God's called us to be. That's who God's called us to be. God's called us to be people that we are equipping each other for the work of ministry. He's called us to be people that, that God, look, I'm telling you, for all of us, we got to be committed. You have to be committed for your own growth. I want God. I'm committing to grow. I'm committing to, to, to seek after him more. I'm committing to that, for that to happen. Because without growth, when things get hard, you will quit. There's been a many a man and a woman that's come through the doors of this church and they've stayed for a little while and then life hit them a hundred miles an hour and they quit and they won't they ain't came up, they ain't came back. You know why? Because they haven't grown. They just wanted a Sunday morning to sustain them when Sunday morning won't sustain you. So guys, we that's my heart, and that's the heart of this church is I want you to grow and to being a man or woman that is gospel centered. The second door I believe is open for us is for us to be men and women who really love each other. Really love each other. Really, really love each other. Y'all with me? We don't, the church in America has no clue what it looks like to love one another. It is so superficial, it's ridiculous. We think loving one another means, I'll pray for you. We think loving one another just means, you know, if, if, you, if you need me, call me. But that's not what loving one another looks like. See, this community and the communities around us need to see God's people with this unfathomable love for one another that they are just drawn to it because they've never seen love like that. Love that's willing to sacrifice. Love that's willing to go the extra mile. Love that's willing to look over your screw-ups and keep loving you anyway. Love that's willing to just, I'm going to, keep, I'm going to keep pursuing you because Jesus never quit pursuing me. That type of love. See, but we have this, this conditional love that I will love you as long as you do X, Y, and Z. I will love you as long as you don't make me mad. I will love you as long as you don't come against the way I think. Instead of like, you know what? I'm going to love you the way Jesus loves me. We have that open door, church. That's so hard for us. Is it hard for you? It's hard for me some days. But God's called us to be those people that are radically loving one another. The church in Philadelphia is called the church of brotherly love. Jesus says that people know you are my disciples by the way you love one another. We, we've got this, this, this southern hospitality thing down. But we don't have this love down. We can make somebody feel welcome, but the difference in making somebody feel welcome is making somebody feel loved. Welcoming means I, I, I feel okay, I feel accepted in your house, but, but feeling loved means I know I can come back. Y'all with me? And so I think we need to understand that. This community needs to see God's people actually loving each other instead of tearing each other down. That door is open. But the only way that happens is if we really walk, in God, walk with the Lord and grow. I think God's called us to really to be more than a building, church. I mean, the, the, us buying this land is phenomenal, okay? But for us to build a building and for us to lose the heart to reach our community is devastating. Because when we're in this context like this, it makes us realize that this, is, that this isn't the church that we are. But the wormhole that we usually go in is that once we have our own building, that, uh, 
They need to come to us because we got a building now. Y'all with me? But most of them ain't coming now. We don't have a building. Women should think they will come when we have a building. Y'all with me? But to love means I'm going to you. To, to love others it means I, I really feel like God's told us this, is that we have to be advocates for the poor. We have to be advocates for those who have struggled, those who, who have been brought up in cycles of poverty. It's for us, as God's church, to be people that, look, I'm coming, I'm going to help you. I want to walk with you. I don't want to be this, this person that's, that's enabling you, but I want to come alongside you and help you because I love you. And when they screw up, we don't just get rid of them like they're trash. We just say, I love you and I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you through this. I know you, that, 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 that you might not know how to handle finances, but God's blessed me so that I know how to. So let me walk with you. Amen? That's who God's called us to be. That's how you show the community love, by walking with them, not saying, I'll see you on church Sunday. It's, I want to be in your life Monday. I want to talk to you on Tuesday. You hear what I'm saying? I want to, I want to break bread with you on Wednesday. I want to be with you. I want to walk with you because I love you. And we don't have that love. Church, I want to tell you that to, to love those that no one else wants. That's one thing God laid on me when we first started. Is, hey, I want us to be a church. I want you to be a church that loves others that no one else wants in their churches. And when you start doing that, when you, God tells you that, you're like, all right, God, we're going to do this thing. Yes, sir. But then you realize that that's dirty some days. That that tries your patience some days. That, 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 that takes you from sometimes having to be in situations where the higher in society may look down upon you. It makes you have to do those, go, go an extra mile. But if we're going to be the people that reaches those who no one else loves, then who did God reach? Who did Jesus come to? Come on. He came to those who didn't have a... a he came to the shepherds, the lowliest of lows in the community. Well, would somebody that is, a, that is an alcoholic, would he feel accepted to come in here? We have to be those people that are just, we want to love you through this. It's hard, but we, we got to focus on dying to ourselves and dying to our, our, our own preferences. That's a door God's open for us. You look at our community, you look at the communities around us, and it's full of poverty. It's full of people that, 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 are, that don't feel accepted in a church. It's full of those things. I'd rather reach those who, don't, who have no hope than those who have hope but have shallow faith. I'd rather go after those. And church, I'm telling you, that's what God, that God sent the doors open. We have to choose to walk in it. The third thing, I think, is, is God called us to be servants of our community. The door is open for us to serve our community. Jesus says, I came to serve, not be served, right? I don't want them to feel like they have to come here. For, we, we need to go to them some. And the reason I was talking to a pastor this past week, and I said, we were talking about vacation Bible school and different things. He said, man, if I quit having vacation Bible school, I might as well go find me another church. Because, what, I mean, that's what we do. They're supposed to come here. I was like, but they ain't coming. I said, you got the same hundred church people, church kids from every church that cycles around, every vacation Bible school around here, and we're not loving on no other children nowhere else. Guess what we're going to do this year? We ain't having vacation Bible school. We're going to them. We're going to go to them. We're going to go do vacation Bible school in their community. We're going to love on the children in their community. We're going to go to those children and care for them in their community. And if none go with me, I'm still going to follow. But that's what God's called us to be. 
And we have to, but it takes us out of our comfort zone, right? It takes us out of those things. But for us to walk through that door, we have to be intentional. We have to be focused, and we have to say, all right, God, I know this is of you, so I'm going to walk in faith. It might feel uncomfortable. It might not feel right because I'm used to doing this same thing. I might hear the voices of everyone else saying, man, you're finna mess up. But if if you hear God's voice and you know that the door is open, you have confidence in walking through it. Church, that's who God's called us as Connection Millen to be. I'm telling you, I don't want to be, I, I almost... God's got to do some changing in my heart. So he'll pray for me. But I almost don't want to build a building. Because when we build a building, sometimes we stop having the heart to serve. We don't have a building right now. It's hard to get people to serve now. We, we grumble, we gripe about serving when often serving in this context is the only time most people in the church do any gospel ministry throughout the whole week. We're setting up the church for to have church. And so if we, if we have a building, and if we don't have that heart to serve, then what happens is, is we just think that, well, them five, they got it, and we're going to go home. See y'all. And we turn into that same inward model. And I don't want to do that. I refuse to be that. And I promise you, any time, if we ever, have, if we ever have a building, and this ain't a threat, I promise but if I, show, if I turn around and I look and there's five people doing everything in the church, we're going to close church down, baby. We're going to sell all the chairs. We're going to get rid of the pews. And we're going to start having to set it up every week. We might even sell it to the county and say, can we rent our, own bu- our old building from you so we can get the heart, what it means really to serve God? Because to lose the heart to serve means we lose the heartbeat of God. And we can't do that. And so we got to have that heart saying, God, I know you called me to be that man or that woman that is focused on serving other people, not coming to be served. Church, I'm telling you that I feel like God's told us to take the gospel to our communities. We have to be people that are willing to go to to our communities and be the gospel-driven people. But we're scared to go tell the gospel. Lindsay and I went and gave out, last year at Staycation Bible School, we went and to, to some of the areas in our community and went and, and gave out invitations. And Lindsay, you know, I'm, I'm telling Lindsay, Lindsay like, she's my little, like she's my little girl, like, look, don't get out of my sight. I don't want nothing happening to you out here. And as, as I look around, Lindsay's just like, she's like the, the Pied Piper. I mean, she's like walking around and kids start following her. And I look over there, and she's got 12 kids in a circle playing a game. And I look over there, and there was a, there was a girl I went to high school with, and I said, hey. And, she, and I told her who I was. I, began, I had an opportunity to share the gospel with her and pray with her right there. And God spoke to me like, Jeremy, you sit in that church office five days a week, and you need to be out in the community. Yes, Lord. We think we got to do certain things the way everybody else does things, but we got to be people that serve and we're willing to go in the community and be that vessel. Amen? But we have to be willing. The door is open, wide open for us. But serving also demands that we don't expect a return on what we do. I'm serving because this is my, 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 my I'm pouring this out for, the, for God. I'm pouring this out for Jesus. I'm going to do this no matter if anybody says, great job. I'm going to do this no matter if somebody says that you're the best. I'm going to do this because I'm not doing this for you. I'm doing this for God. That's what that looks like. 
That's who God's called us to be. That's who God's called you to be. But you have to walk through that door. You have to be willing to walk through that door. You have to be willing to, to say, you know what, I'm tired of, of looking at me in self-preservation. I'm going to die to myself like Scripture really says. I'm going to die to my feelings. I'm going to die to these emotions of feeling like I'm not good enough. And I'm going to accept who God says about me. And I'm going to walk in victory. And I'm going to be the man or woman that God's called me to be. That's, who God's, that's what he told us to do. And the last thing I, I know, and this is strong on my heart, is God's called us to be a church that looks like heaven. He's called us to be a multiracial church. A church that's not just white, not just black. A church that is full of every, every color that's on the planet. Every, every ethnicity. What do y'all know? Y'all know what I'm talking about. He's called us to be that. But you know the biggest barrier we have is because most of us don't do life with anybody outside the normal. I had a pastor, Eric Tate. He's a very good friend of mine. And we were talking one day and... and, and we began to talk, and he said, he said something that will stick with me as long as I live. He said, Jeremy, we often say we want to do life together. And we say we want that. He said, but you know when I knew that you were serious and that you loved me and my family is when you was willing to come break bread with me. When you was willing to sit down with me, when you was willing to, you didn't care who saw me and you at this, at this restaurant. You didn't care about that because you loved me and you were praying for me. And until we have that with other people, Nothing's going to change. We can say, I want, a, I want a church that looks like heaven, but it's going to keep looking the same until we pursue the things of heaven. It's going to stay the same. The door is open, church, and it's my desire that we look and we act like the body. And, and I'll tell you, just an invitation isn't good enough. To see somebody of a different race or different color and see them at, 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 at the grocery store and be like, hey, won't you come go to church with me? That's not going to break down years of racial division in our communities. It's not going to break those things down. You know what's going to break those things down? It's first you do life with some. You do life with some men and women of a different race or a different color. You do life with them. You show them you love them. You care about them. That you value them for who they are. That you want, that they're not second rate. That they are just as worthy as you are in the eyes of God. And you love them and you want to go that far to see them be redeemed. The church ain't about you. It's about all of us going to heaven. It's about all of us following Jesus. And you want them to be sitting by you every Sunday. Even holding their hand if, you, if, if, if time permits. That you want them. Not like, you know what, you go to your church and I go to mine. That's garbage. And that's the cleanest thing I could say at the moment. It makes me so mad inside because Sunday morning is the most, most divided time we have. We can say, oh, I love you. You don't love your brothers of different color or different race because you don't desire to do church with them. And I'm going to tell you something. If I hadn't planted this church, I'd be going to Daniel Grove this morning. God just, I told him, I said, brother, if God would have let me meet you before I planted this church, I'd be your amen corner every Sunday. Church, I want to tell you, that's who, the door is open for that. And it starts with us making the move. It starts with you making the move. It starts with you inviting and saying, come, come connect group with me. Or how about, how about this? How about me come to your house and we start a connect group? One of the, one of the kids, one of the boys from youth, I, we were, I was cutting up with him and I was like, boy, I said, I appreciate you so much. I love you so much, man. I said, you just, you came to church with all these white people. He said, I ain't seen no white people. 
sounds like? You colorblind? He said, no, man, I don't see people like that. He said, I just see people. And I was like, man, I love you. Because all, all God's people had that, had, that, had that lens they looked through. Then we would stop putting people in categories. We would stop putting certain value on certain people. And we would start putting the same value on everybody. And we would start pursuing everybody like Jesus. And guys, the door is open. And when we start doing that, you're going to see God bless this church. You're going to see God bless you. You're going to see God bless your ministry. But we are actively pursuing the things of God's heart. But instead, most of the time, we're pursuing the things of our heart and wanting God to bless them. And he's like, I don't want to hear that, John. And for us to keep taking our next steps, that means you have to keep taking your next step. That means you have to keep pursuing God. Walking means, walking in this door means that all of us have to take responsibility of this precious gift of salvation. Salvation isn't just you get out of jail free card. It's a responsibility for you to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. It's, it's a responsibility saying, God, I want to die to me and I want to grow in you so that I can promote you to the nations. That's what it means. Salvation don't start with you stop with you raising your hand and getting baptized. That's just the beginning, praise God. I get to identify with Jesus. I get to see God save people. I get to see God redeem people. Y'all with me? You get to see that because of your salvation. You get to be the man or the woman that walks with this man or this woman that's been held by addiction for 20 years. You're able to walk with them because you love them. You're able to see God change them and transform them. You start seeing them live a life, church, that, that before was empty and, and, and they didn't have any worth, but now they know they have value in God's eyes. You start seeing them living in the dump, and now they have a place to where they're proud to say they're living. Man, that's what God's called us to be. That's who God's called us to be. That's who God's called you to be. Instead of just sitting there on our high horse, going to church in our fancy cars and our air-conditioned houses, and we're thinking, man, I wish they'd come to Jesus. Man, we need to sell all our junk and move to where they are and say, I love you this much. Church, we got to be those people. The door is open. It's our responsibility. See, responsibility means action. I'm I'm, I'm finna start preaching now. It means action. We have to be intentional. You have to be obedient. That's what the responsibility of salvation has to take action. Responsibility also, it means sacrifice. That means I have to sacrifice. Maybe I might have to sacrifice some money. Maybe I need to prioritize my budget so that I can give to God's kingdom instead of trying to build my own. Maybe I need to sacrifice some time. Maybe I need to sacrifice my reputation to love on someone else. Maybe I need to sacrifice my own comfort. But see, if you're just sacrificing to to let people say, oh, look at old Ben. Look what he's doing. And he's sacrificing these things because he wants praise. You're going to get your gift here on earth. It's sacrificing because you want God. You want to please God. You want when God looks down at you, he's smiling at you. Not because you were a man or woman that went to church, but you were a man or woman that loved God enough to abandon you. That's what radically just salvation looks like. That's what salvation truly looks like. But see, in the eyes of the church today, in the eyes of religion, we're like, easy now, don't get crazy. That's a little radical. See, if I were to be a man or a woman that was actually reading this and living, and I didn't live in the South. I didn't live here. I just got this Bible started reading it. I would be that because that's what the Holy Spirit shapes you to be.
most of the reason we're not that because we tell God no. Uh-uh. That, that takes me out of a comfort zone, God. That takes me out of, of what they think of me. I'm tired of that. Being those people, being closed-minded like that, people dying and going to hell, feeling like they're less. God's called the church to be the most life-giving force on the planet. It takes sacrifice. It also means that you have to trust. I'm going to say that again. It also means you got to trust. How many of y'all got trust issues? Huh? The rest of y'all lying. We got to trust, church, that God's going to provide. Sometimes that means putting our yes on the table before there's any side of provision. Sometimes it's putting my yes on the table before I got anybody going with me. Sometimes it's putting my yes on the table with this knot of anxiety in my stomach because I don't know how this is going to turn out. But I know God said I'm going to do this. I'm going to trust God. Church, having trust means that, look, I'm going to remain faithful to the task and allow God to provide and allow God to dictate what my success looks like. See, some of our biggest problems is our value of success is what we make it look like instead of saying, God, what does success look like in your eyes? See, that's where a lot of churches get jacked up is we think success means more people. But that ain't it. Success with a church means transformed lives. And if lives are being transformed, then we're being successful. If lives are not being transformed, we just we might as well just quit and go home. Because that ain't a purpose. The purpose is not for us to get pretty and come to church and sing songs for 30 minutes and then have a message and go home. The purpose of the church is for us to give life to other people, for us to give hope to other people. For us to, to grow to, closer to Christ. And you won't give that hope. You won't, you won't even desire to love on anybody if you're not growing closer to Jesus. Because that is fruit of the gospel. When you are truly transformed and God's doing work in you, you love people. Like you never loved them before. You begin to not worry about what the world thinks, but you only worry about what God thinks. That's who God's called us to be. That's who God's called you to be. And the door is open, church. The question is, are you with us? The question is, are you willing to walk in that? That's the question I'm asking you. There's a quote I read this past week. It says, the size of the church does not determine its ministry, but faith in the call and the command of the Lord. He's called us to be a faithful church. He's called us to be men and women to walk in victory. And church, on this last thing, I'm going to close. But there are both obstacles that's going to face us in the next 10 years. But there's also going to be so many opportunities. See, unbelief is an obstacle that we all face, we all struggle. But see, but faith, faith sees the opportunity. We've got to be men and women of faith. To where no matter what the odds look like, we know that we serve a God that's with us. Amen? I think about David. He's sitting there looking at big old Goliath, but yet he knew what God had brought him through, and he wasn't going to abandon him right now. He had faith. We have to be men and women of faith to overcome those obstacles of unbelief. Church, we've got to understand that since the Lord, does, does he hold the keys to everything? Amen? He holds the keys, right? So that just gives us this confidence, this radical, crazy confidence that if he holds the keys, if God go with us, then he'll be against us. You with me? It should give us this radical 
realization that, look, I'm walking in victory. I'm fighting from the position that I've already won, not that I'm fighting to win. Church, we've got to change our mentality. We've got to realize that fear is one of the biggest obstacles we'll face. And it's unbelief and, it's, and, and decay that causes a church to really miss this God-given opportunities because we're too scared, scared to walk in that. And I know a lot of things I just said you agree with, but you're scared to death to walk in because you never really saw that before. Let me tell you something. You get along with God and he'll show you things that a man can't. He'll show you things YouTube don't have. He'll show you things a podcast you won't learn from. God wants to teach you things not only in the physical, but in the spiritual. So much deeper. See, church, we, we should have so much confidence knowing, knowing that God says, I've opened a door, and a door that I've opened, no one can close. And a door that I've closed, no one can open. We've got to start looking for the doors and saying, God, you've opened this door, and I know this is where you want me to go, and I'm going to walk in faith. And I have, I want to tell you, I don't want to be a car salesman. I'm not selling nothing. I'm just walking with Jesus. But I'm telling you from the bottom of my heart, I honestly, truly believe that God wants to use this church and you to change the communities you live in, to change the environment of your workplace, to change the schools that you work at, to change the atmosphere of your home. God wants to use you, but the biggest problem is you because you don't trust God enough. The biggest problem with the church is we don't trust God enough. And guys, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where you are this morning. I don't know where your heart is this morning. Some of you were excited when I got started. Now you're like, oh, crap. A guy told me this past week, he said, you're one of them people that when you get passionate about somebody, something, like it's hard to differentiate between madness or passion and that's why I always follow up with you know I love you right in my heart guys I am very passionate about what God has in store for this church because if you ever had God speak to your heart you know what I'm talking about like I know that God said this is where I want you to go I can only imagine the feeling that he gave Abraham and saying look I'm going to lead you I'm like, God, I want to know 10 steps ahead of time, but God knows me and knows I can't handle that, so he's showing us breadcrumbs. But church, I want to ask you, can you commit with me to walk through the breadcrumbs to where God wants us to go? As Gresham plays, I want to give just a moment for you to respond. If, if there's something on your heart, if you need to, to give some insecurity to God, if, you want to, if you're like, you know what, Lord, I, my level of commitment has been very low. I want to commit more of my life to you. If you're like, you know what, God, I want you to give me the supernatural heart for people of different races and different colors, of different backgrounds. I want you to give me that heart, God, to love of people. God, give me your eyes. Maybe you need to pray that this morning. Maybe you need to just come to this altar and say, Lord, I've been coming for me and not for you, and I want to start coming for you. Maybe you need to get over yourself and say, you know what, I need to get in the community. I need to get in with other people, and I need to grow heart to heart to you today. There's some of us in this room that we've been in Connect Group for three years and we're in the same place when we started. Maybe today's the day in which you say, God, I'm committing now to grow. I'm going to push on. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to dig in. 
Christian's just going to play something real light and it's not even going to sing. And I want you every head bowed, every eye closed. And if God's moving in your heart and you just, and you just want to just spend time, if you want to come to the altar, that's fine. If you want to pray where you are, that's fine. I just want to give you some time to pray. And then we'll dismiss.